This is Contra Radio from Contra.Scott. Welcome, congregants, to this edition of the Sunday Sermon with me, Contra Editor David Jameson. As ever, the first half of this sermon is free. The second half is for subscribers. Churches have leaky roofs, you know. Someone needs to pay for them. And if you become a subscriber to Conta on Patreon, then you become entitled to a raft of exclusive content and events, and you help to keep our anti-establishment voice alive. This week's sermon may be a bit unfocused, because we live in historic times, and because I want to take a sort of tour de horizon of the political situation and make some arguments about why I think the key dynamics in play are. I've never been someone who thinks that there's a good wing and a bad wing of the Conservative Party, or even a bad wing and a somewhat less bad wing of the Conservative Party. This is an analysis which has become really popular in recent years, particularly since Brexit, when many people on the Liberal left have been clamouring to tell us that there's a good old-fashioned traditional Conservative Party, the party perhaps of John Major and Ken Clark, you know, the old paternalistic, men in grey suits Tory party, one nation, sure they are posh, but they're the poshos who look over the poor benighted working class people. And then there's the bad Conservative Party, the feral Conservative Party of the right-wing populists, the dark money and the oligarchs, the Boris Johnsons and so on. These uncouth ruling class people don't know how to be good to those of us further down the chain. They don't know how to be liberal and pragmatic and balanced. Instead, they are the agents of a savage doctrine which is leading to national decline. For me, the problem with the Conservative Party isn't dark money. It's not radicalisation. It's not infiltration. The problem with the Conservative Party is that it's the Conservative Party. It is the party of elite business figures and state managers, which has dominated British politics since long before Britain became a democracy. This is a complaint often made about Vladimir Putin. The problem with Vladimir Putin, we are told, is that he heralds from an age before liberal democracy. He came from the NKVD, the secret service of the Communist Party, and its party-state rule. He has failed this recidivist to reform himself and become part of the liberal free world. The oligarchs he represents are likewise former party nomenclature and party state apparatus who likewise haven't learned the joys of uh, Coca-Cola and the war in Vietnam and the war in Iraq and so on. It's a little bit strange to me that it's never pointed out that the Conservative Party is a kind of similar beast. It was the party of the empire when the empire didn't let working class people vote and it has continued to rule us for most of the hundred years since the British state adopted liberal democratic pretensions, slid away from its empire quite reluctantly, and towards the status of uh, deputy sheriff to the United States, an international money launderer. I won't be cajoled on this point. I think figures in the Tory party all represent the same swamp. But if I had to choose a team in the Tory party that I absolutely detest, that I absolutely hate. It would be that represented by the Jeremy Hunts. To me, the Cameronite, austerian Tories 
represent the absolute nadir of British politics. And so when I hear all this soft peddling for the likes of Jeremy Hunt and Rishi Sunak and Penny Mordaunt, it all sticks in my craw, rather. By the time you're listening to this, you'll probably know if Boris Johnson has been able to or decided to run or whether he's lacked the support within the Tory parliamentary party. Detestable though he certainly is, I can't help but feel that at least if he did become Prime Minister, this would only deepen the internal conflicts within the Conservative Party. That said, the political difference between these candidates is very, very little. Because, as I argued in an article on Conta.Scot earlier this week, I think the main work of establishing the future regime of the British Conservative Party has already been done. It was already done in the soft coup carried out by Jeremy Hunt when he became Chancellor under Liz Truss. And here's a tight register. Here's an accurate barometer of that power play within the Conservative Party. Ever since Jeremy Hunt became Chancellor of the Exchequer, with the democratic support of literally no one in the country, every media outlet I've seen, from newspapers to TV to radio, has repeated over and over again that the only question now in British politics is how any government of any hue, Labour or Tory, achieves cuts. Which cuts will they choose? Which cuts would Keir Starmer choose? Which cuts would Boris Johnson choose? Which cuts would Penny Mordaunt choose? Would Sunak be the best at cuts? And so on and so forth. How would Mr Starmer balance the debt? How would Mr Starmer correct the deficit? Would it be better than the way Penny Mordaunt might try and correct the deficit? So I've been reminded in the last few weeks of a comment made by the Marxist philosopher Isfan Mesaros, who describes capitalism as the extra-parliamentary system par excellence. Capital decides the parameters of our politics first and allows us to vote on them second. And usually this is at least a partially concealed process. You generally have what Noam Chomsky calls the manufacturing of consent, the spread of memes and attitudes through the media, the repetition of political logic, the curtailing of viable alternatives, the denunciation of enemies of the status quo. And it's generally carried out behind the rhetoric of democracy, liberalism, freedom of choice, majority rights and consensus. Today, and really ever since, the markets, a barely concealed euphemism for the ruling class, interceded to thrust Jeremy Hunt as Chancellor upon the country. That traditional veil has been absent. We are today witnessing capitalism as the extra-parliamentary force supreme in its natural state, red in tooth and claw. To repeat, No one voted for this. No one voted for the policies implemented by Jeremy Hunt. No one's going to get the opportunity to vote for the next Prime Minister. And just because liberal democracy in Britain is a hypocrisy doesn't mean we shouldn't care about that. We live in an era where elites are constantly seeking to contravene whatever threadbare pretenses of democracy still bind them to the wider public. I'm against this ridiculous coronation for the same reasons I was against the people's vote. If we are offered a fiction of democracy, I think we should fight for that fiction. I think we should fight for the fig leaf. You say this is a representative democracy? Then show it. Show us the content of our democratic rights. Consider the context. 
Each of these Tory MPs has made clear that they support an attack on the rights of workers to organise in their workplace. If the ruling system can secure a situation whereby unelected governments have the legitimacy to suppress the traditional democratic rights of the population, we are heading down a very sorry road. That's why I'm in favour of a general election, and of people fighting for a general election. Even if I have absolutely no illusions in Starmer or the Labour Party whatsoever, and even if I agree wholeheartedly with Masaros' logic, this is an extra-parliamentary system. It doesn't govern us from Parliament, it doesn't govern us from a constitution, it isn't bound by laws, and by the way, it's not bound by laws anywhere in the world. All this liberal claptrap about how we need constitutional reform is ridiculous. Just take a glance at the rest of Europe. Just Europe, forget about Latin America or Africa or whatever. You think there's rule of law in Europe? Get real. But if capitalism is the extra-parliamentary force par excellence, then that also means we need to fight it outside of Parliament. That's where we should make our democratic demands. Want more like this? Subscribe to Contra Radio on our SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up to our regular newsletter at contour.substack.com and find great articles and more at contour.scot. We really rely on listeners like you to help us grow. In return, you get access to exclusive content and events by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash contourscot.com.